Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. Today's episode of CJ and the Duke has been brought to you by DotWalk.io. DotWalk.io are the creators of Bootstrap, an AI-powered automated testing engine for ServiceNow. Now, automated testing is getting a lot more conversation in the ServiceNow space, wouldn't you say, Corey? Absolutely. I think automated testing seems to be the future right now. Yeah, it just seems like the most obvious place to save a ton of time really quick. But you know what I love about DotWalk.io that really differentiates it from the other emerging products in the space? What's that, dude? It's the fact that it doesn't actually compete with ServiceNow. So I've seen a lot of good automated testing solutions, but they're kind of in the way of the train, right? ServiceNow has dumped a ton of R&D money into this, and they're not going to stop. This is always going to be a piece of the product that they mature. It's only going to get better. What Bootstrap by DotWalk io does is that it uses its ai to scan your instance for the things that you're actually doing and then it populates those into your atf framework that sounds like a smart use of ai to effectively multiply your existing effort right you don't have to risk getting in the way of the train and it's really there to enhance what's there already so if you want to check them out go to the description below it's dot walk.io pretty easy url uh, and they are the makers of Bootstrap. Uh, check them out and tell them the Duke sent you. Yeah. All right, Duke. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about how user experience is life or death situation. Life or death, man. This sounds serious. Yeah, it does sound a little melodramatic, but something's changed in my life recently that's really driven this home for me in a visceral way. I'm not trying to haul out the world's smallest violin here, but I have this really severe uh, shoulder problem. They did some MRIs. They found out there's like a piece of bone that's basically broken free and it's jammed up against a nerve. And Man, I, that sucks. Yeah, and it's just a high level of pain just generally throughout the day. But anytime I do something reflexive or move my arm really quickly, it's just a debilitating like sea stars, knees collapse, wake up on the floor. In 42 years of living, just I've never felt pain like that. And I've been trying to get surgery scheduled for it. And that has made me realize just how important UX is. And I think we do all our work in service now, and there isn't a sense of life or death urgency to the things that we build. Sometimes good enough is good enough, right? Sometimes even bad is good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the UI UX is probably the last thing on the punch list often just building for internal IT folks. And we don't put a whole lot of thought into how it looks and how it behaves, right? We put a, right. a lot more thought into how it functions. Yeah. You know, and Building for the process user, but not building for the person who's going through the process, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what Corey and I thought we'd do tonight is that we would regale you with my horror story of the last two weeks of pain and torment and trying to deal with a local hospital to get the shoulder surgery. And I want you to focus on how easily these problems can go away with ServiceNow. Like a, a lay person would look at this and say, well, that's life. But doing what we do, Corey, like I look at this and saying, God, we've been sitting on the solutions for this for a decade. There's no reason this should be happening. I think about this throughout my life when I bump into a scenario and it's like, man, ServiceNow could really do this and do it a lot quicker. Like I could build this in an hour and mm -hmm. things like that. But most of the time is really relatively minor thing. I'm not thinking about stuff that's life and death. You know, I'm thinking about an ordering system or maybe something to enhance government functionality. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about health care and getting a surgery scheduled and alleviating pain. Those things aren't the items that are high on my list when I'm thinking about what ServiceNow can do um, until I talk to you about this. So we're going to break down my experience in six or seven different topics. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the portal experience. Do you ever feel like we take for granted the fact that IT has figured this stuff out for years, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) I think we do. I think we do when you really think about it. And I haven't been inside of a corporate business in quite a long time. But when you're inside of a business, you remember, if you're in IT, how much of this stuff you can do that when you go to a different department, they're still stuck in the stone ages sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like, like some business processes are literally running on a Word doc with an email back end. Uh-huh. When you're in IT, you're dealing with PowerShell and ServiceNow and all sorts of stuff, right? You've got yeah. automation going and you're... You've multiplied what you can do like 10x, 20x. And so this is a scenario just like that, where the things that we take for granted with the level of skills and the level of tools that we have access to, when you go into the real world and you start to see what other people are working with, it really disappoints you. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed, doubly so because the hospital I go to in Chicago, it had a portal experience and it wasn't a bad one. You know, I wasn't calling up Nathan Firth at New Rocket saying, you got to look at this, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it was utilitarian and easy on the eyes and it did the job. And then they basically said, oh, we're going to roll out a new portal. And I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this happened. But aesthetically, this thing looks like it crawled out of the worst part of 1992 internet. This is the new portal? The new portal. Yeah. And like the weird pastel colors and the bordered beveled field field sections and big thick bevels, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and super highly polished glass icons, you know. Oh, man. And where the reflection is basically, you can't even see the icons underneath it well it is 2020 maybe they had an intern build it because they don't remember the 90s like (laughs) they're just repeating the same mistake okay but i could live with bad aesthetics as long as it functions right but this portal had this gigantic questionnaire okay and i think the worst sin is that the password policy wasn't fully fleshed out so it'd be like you know, it's got to be this, this, and this, these three things. But then I'd be trying to build a password and it's like, nope, you did something wrong. And didn't you're, tell you what. you're trying to figure it out. But while you're trying to figure it out, reset the entire form. Oh, yeah. No graceful degrade. Come on. Yeah. And the choice list didn't even have key presses. So it's not like I could just, with the keyboard, get through it quickly. I was like hitting the down arrow and scroll, 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 click. Uh. And so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You're here with a, a damaged shoulder and mm-hmm. excruciating pain, moving the mouse yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again as you try to submit a form to get you scheduled to get your shoulder repaired. Yeah, the Duke yeah. didn't approve of that one at all. It was not, he, he wasn't happy. So that was like, I, I got through it. I got through it. A couple of days later, I'm like, okay, let's go to the portal log in and see what I can do. I go and it's just like, well, I thought I got my username and password right, but it's not working. So I'm going to say, let's reset my password. And so I get an email. Great. It says, follow this link to reset your password. I go to the page and it's like, please generate an account so that you can log into the system. I'm like, "Uh, I got to create a whole new account? I thought I was just resetting my password. So I try putting in the same account information. It's like, no, that's the same account ID. You can't submit that. 
I'm like, okay, well, I put in a different account ID. No, you already have an account for this email address. I'm like, no, they literally think I'm creating a new account here. When all what? I want to do is reset the password. Now that is that's insanity. Yeah, this right isn't there. some yeah, this isn't some sketchy strip mall medical practice. This <laughs> is a prestigious <laughs> hospital. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Sounds like it might be Dr. Nick. <laughs> they could be Dr. Nick. Yeah. It could be Dr. Nick. I'm sure Dr. Nick was part of the decisions on this. But anyways, we listen to that and we're horrified being an IT. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally like one step away from sending me my existing password in clear text, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like that, that, me, that's like, that's the very bottom. When I hit the reset, the password and you send me my password, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is one step above that. It's like, okay, we don't have your password, but we also no longer have your account. Oh, wait, we do kind of have it, but not really. <laughs> yes. This is something we can all take some encouragement from because most of the time, this would never fly in our industry. It would never fly most of the time. No. Caveat. Most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time, you can't get by with this. Yeah. When people ask us what we do, it's like we- like fix things like this, dude. This is what we do. (laughs) Stop thinking about ITIL, ITSM as- the place for service now, because this is the portal that was developed in 2020 by a prestigious hospital system. This is the problems that service now was meant to destroy. Okay. And they're still out there and they're still out there at scale. You know, this reminds me a lot of our episode with Matt Barron, where we're talking about yep. design and empathy. And there is literally no empathy in the design of this portal that you were using and literally beating your head against the wall, trying to get an account created yep. so that you, you can get to the next step. I mean, we're just still talking about account creation here. Yeah. Like, like to quote Mr. Wonderful, right? Like, stop the madness. <laughs> this is crazy. And also very pertinent to the whole CJ and Duke theme of ServiceNow architecture. Not one shot caller went through the experience to see if it was decent. Oh, no. Right? No, Nobody went through this and said, this is frustrating as hell. Somebody yeah. did, did requirements and it probably stopped at a unit test and that was it. It's okay, what you asked me to build, I built and I tested it and it didn't fail. And nobody looked at it holistically. I think there's just so many levels of management abstracted here that, that there's no accountability. Right. Okay, I'm glad you talked about empathy though, because I love my doctor. He's got great bedside manner and he'll say stuff like, do this and this and then leave me a message. Right. You don't have to book a whole new appointment. Just leave me a message. And if he needs to increase the dose of my painkillers or whatever, he'll just call me. And then that'll be that. It's not trying to schedule a new thing when he's scheduled a month out. Right. Right. So the portal's supposed to have this doctor com section, but the UX is just so unclear and so hard to get to. And that was in the, the old portal that was decent. In the new portal, I couldn't even find it. And so what you're left with is calling in to a service. Now, this is still pertinent because most of IT, that's what incidents are made of. That's what a lot of catalog items are made of is, is phone calls yeah. in. But in two weeks of calling, my wife just talked to him today. Not a single message got to him. How is it in 2020, we can build systems where the express intent of the system doesn't work? I'm sending a message to your doctor that says this, and it never gets to the doctor. How on? These are computers. We put people on the moon with these things. Man, gatekeepers. Let me tell you, 
This is all about gatekeeping of the doctor's time. The people that he employed think the doctor's time is too important to do doctoring things. Now, I don't know what the doctor's doing other than doctoring things, but apparently his time is too important to do doctoring things. And so they take those messages, they keep those messages, and they don't send those messages to the doctor so that the doctor can do whatever else that the doctor is doing, which presumably is taking care of patients, which those messages would allow he or she to do. Okay. Which now, is weird. <laughs> you, you think about this in service now, and even the most unseasoned, wet behind the ear, green-skinned rookie is thinking about notification records, comments, work notes, cases, tasks, Dude. things to connect the consumer to the executor. And this is like ServiceNow 101. This is solved 15 years ago. I've literally <laughs> already built the system in my head to, to fix this, right? <laughs> I've got like a chat bot going. I've got an ability for you to come in and check the status of your message that you left yesterday. I got the ability for you to nudge the doctor through your existing messages, right? And, and the ability for the doctor to say, hey, you're in the queue, you're number seven, just by you checking in. Yep. So you can literally build all of this in ServiceNow and fix this problem and actually and measure your performance or degradation against it it just it drives me it drives me bananas bananas (laughs) okay (laughs) that people are still like service now isn't it isn't it that silly it ticketing tool right Right. and just like okay first of all 500 dollars a share so fuck you all right (laughs) Second of all, all, okay, you still have a hospital system in 2020 in America America that doesn't have this worked out. That's got a messaging system built on a technology where the message doesn't get to the doctor bananas these are the problems we could be asking it's like i still daydream about finding a way to get in touch with the ceo of this medical group and just saying look i can make this problem disappear for a half a million dollars (laughs) (laughs) right i'd probably be under the guy with a briefcase <laughs> it, it's so easy. This stuff is just bananas easy. Anyways, so the, the second thing that's just been a horror story is the doctor communications. Two weeks of calling every second day, right? Brutal pain. Right. I'm explaining to these people, like, I can't work right because I spent four hours of the day curled up in a ball on my couch, moaning right. into the pillow. Oh, yeah, we'll see what we can do. Well, it's a good thing I don't have a freaking heart condition. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's a good thing. Like, I can live without my arm. Anyways. Like, oh, <laughs> Mr. Duke, you have showed up to the ER. We were just about to call you. <laughs> oh, the ER. So here's the other thing. I need to get surgery on my shoulder. They're going to go in there and take this piece of broken off bone and do whatever they do to make it part of the hole. And right. the pain has been so severe. My fingers are going numb on my right hand. And so I called them up. I'm like, please, I've, I've been in pain for a month. It's excruciating. Can you move the operation closer? Because my fingers are going numb. And they're like, wait, no, 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 no. That's a new variable. We have to figure out what's making your fingers go numb because it could be something else and we don't want to open you up with, you know. So they're like, get this EMG test, then go see a hand and a spine doctor. And so I call up scheduling to schedule the EMG. And they're like, oh, it's this isn't flagged as urgent. So... The team that actually does the EMG are going to schedule, not the normal scheduling department. That was two weeks ago. Two weeks of me calling every second day. Can I get this scheduled? Can I get this scheduled? No, it's this other team that schedules it. It's an urgent thing. It's marked as urgent, but it's not getting done. 
because his mark is urgent. <laughs> this is a VIP user. Yeah. We're not going to service them <laughs> because they're VIP. There's another group that handles VIP. What is that group? Hold on a second. They're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> They're too busy. The standard stuff that they can't handle the urgent stuff. And, and the standard department can't handle the urgent stuff because they're the standard department. This right. is nuts, dude. This is bonkers. Like, seriously. Every paradigm I've ever seen where urgency, priority, impact, and all the weird definitions people use, I can't complain about that anymore. Because here I am thinking, am I going to be able to come out of this with a functional right arm? That's what I'm thinking about. Right, and I can't think of like all the times I complained about, but that doesn't really that that definition doesn't really make sense, or that's not ITIL. I'm like, whatever works, man. This one clearly doesn't work. Right, but again, this is something that IT has solved over and over and over again. How do you actually prioritize stuff? And so, in this weird case, the urgent stuff is the last in line. The urgent stuff. You know what it is, though, Duke. It's that in IT. People get fired when VIPs don't get service. So if we take the analogy and say that someone with that urgent order is a VIP, then ideally, if you haven't been serviced in two weeks, someone up above the people answering the phone should know about that. And somebody should be held accountable for that. And that is clearly not happening. And in IT, that would. If the CEO was calling in and he had to call in every second day to try to get his laptop fixed, right? Like a lot of people would be fired by the second week. <laughs> That's a great segue to the next part of the discussion is that to some extent, the parties that order this stuff, the parties that depend on the scheduling have no power to influence the situation. I certainly don't. I'm just the fucking customer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I certainly the customer's don't. always right. At least some processes. Yeah. Some well, processes. I mean... <laughs> You would think, too, this is America, right? And the hospitals, yeah, they're for profit. And right. yeah, they make a lot of it. So why not couple performance to the people who are actually paying that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, you show up, you're like, I got private insurance, man. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're like, yes, stand in line. <laughs> maybe it's just years of drinking from that fire hose. They didn't have to perform, but I'm with you at the rate. I mean, you know, the segue, but insurance costs a lot of money nowadays. And, you know, for what you pay, you expect to get service. And what it sounds like you've gotten is no service at all. You didn't haven't mm -hmm. even gotten bad service and or at least get bad service. Yeah. Like you just didn't get any service at all. And what's the point in paying for this crap? I just keep thinking. What if it wasn't my shoulder? What if it was my heart? What if it was a cancer test? And those people are urgent. And what's going to happen to them? Yeah. They're going to die waiting? It's crazy. So again, people, this is, to the process. this is the table that we can play at. The place where user experience has life in the cards. Life yeah. or death. These are the places we could be playing if we imagine a little bit more than ServiceNow, ITSM, ITIL, Certified System Admin, think big. Think way yeah. bigger. Well, the funny thing is, is when you start thinking about service management, you realize that everything's a service. Yep. Right? So the principles apply almost universally to wherever you land, wherever you find yourself. So you can take those same principles of service management and start to apply them to other services and take the same tools that you use to solve those mm -hmm. service management problems and apply those tools to those services as well. And then we got a stew cooking, right? And I think it's just really important to, to remember that some of this stuff is bigger than ITSM, you know, the IT part of SM. 
but the SM part is portable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The service management part is portable. It goes across arenas. It goes across verticals. So maybe it is time to unlock that SM and start walking it across to some higher urgency th- needs. I'm going to give a quick shout out here. You ever talk to Ian Clayton or read any of his stuff? I've read, a, yeah, I've read a few things, man. I haven't seen him around lately, but Ian Clayton is the king of service management. And he's got this thing called the Service Management Body of Knowledge, SM Bach. If you're at all interested in applying your systems uh, across domains where maybe ITIL isn't a word, I would pick up Ian Clayton's USM Bach, Universal Service Management Body of Knowledge. I will put a link in the description, but if this interests you, go to Ian Clayton for further reading. Okay, we were moving from scheduling into silos. So the scheduling department's not giving me the time of day, which was super frustrating because I call my care team, the people who are actually going to like cut me open, right? And ostensibly the team that's going to figure out if I've got all my stuff done that I need to get done. And their only response is maybe you should call them. I'm like, I I am. Like, I don't have access to all the secret backdoor numbers either. I get the one number called the hospital system. And then I get to navigate a phone menu. But the care team that's actually going to have scalpels and cut me open can't use those scalpels and force this other team to schedule something with me. It's absurd. That is absurd. When the people inside the system can't get the system to work for them or for you or for you through them, that is a huge problem. You expect your doctors to be able to make the calls necessary and say, I got a guy. This is what's going on. Fit them in. Do it now. And then you get a call and say, okay, tomorrow at 3 p.m. show up for your scan. The fact that they're saying, have you tried calling them? Like, what what kind of world is this? When when the surgeon is asking you, well, try the 800 number again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously? The other thing, too, is the surgeon is just like, hey, when's my schedule free? You're going to an operation on November 19th. But you go to conventional scheduling for the tests that they need you to take before the surgery. And we don't have anything open until November 30th. I'm like, why did they advertise I can get this done on the 19th if this is a pre-order? Right. Which which brings us to workflow. Because yes. again, if you're doing this in service now, even if you're just a rookie, even if you're a bad rookie, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you probably already dealt with a situation where it's like, oh, C cannot proceed A. Right. You have to go through A and B first. That's what you got to do. And so you build your workflow that way. And miraculously, with ServiceNow, even 15 years ago, the customers can look at the stage and say, oh, I'm in this stage. I have to get this done. On top of the fact that the endpoint service, the cut me open and fix my shoulder, please, can advertise me a date that's before its dependent tests and services is extra frustrating to me. Because guess who gets to solve that problem? I'll give you a hint. It's nobody at the hospital. (laughs) And he's a guy with no access. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And he's got a really sore shoulder. Okay, get three guesses. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so click, click, click. Yeah, fail. Do it again. Come on, man. Seriously, this is table stakes. Don't give me an appointment that is predicated on something unless that predication happens before my appointment. You you can't close on a house before you actually apply for the loan. Yep. These things happen in an order for a reason. 
And I keep using this metaphor too. We put people on the moon and you better believe NASA says, hey, listen, we're going to launch a thousand pounds of metal into space. We're going to strap two rockets to it and we're going to put four people in this tiny little hole on the top (laughs) and we're going to push this thing to the moon. All right. But you better believe they got a step-by-step. They stay open up the binder. Page one is check this switch. Is it red or not? It's not red. Proceed to step two and over and over and over again. And we can put people on the moon with a process that is articulated that anybody can pick up and say, yep, you're on this part of the process. But can we schedule Robert's shoulder surgery? No. We tell Robert all the things that need to get done, and he's got to make all the organizations and arrangements. He's got to figure out if he's understanding it right. Think about this, too. We put people on the moon. We put people around orbiting the Earth, and we did it with an 8086 processor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. An 8086 processor. I don't know how many instructions per clock that is, but I know we far exceeded that now. What we have now makes that look positively outdated right yeah it's a rounding error it's a rounding error and the problems that they solved with an 8086 processor we're not solving now with the latest and greatest inventions from intel and amd that's right so on and so forth now this is one area where i think even we in the service now industry can't wave the flag of victory because I think the workflow and the customer's interface to where am I at in the workflow, the customer access part of it is not always considered. It's more for the teams behind the scenes, what stage are we at? And they don't often consider the customer, but we do have the tooling for it. So just as a thought experiment, the next time you're putting together a workflow, imagine this is a shoulder surgery and Robert is trying to figure out what the heck he's got <laughs> to get done in order to get on that operating table. Because I tell you, man, if they don't get me on the operating table on November 19th, I am going to get a belt to chew on and as much exotic drugs as I can possibly get. And I will hacksaw my arm off. I cannot live like this. Dude, like, first of all, we're not going with bath salts. We're not going the John McAfee route. We're not getting any bath salts. And then we're not doing any... <laughs> any exotic uh drugs here right but i'm with you dude like seriously like what the fuck this is ridiculous but it's so easy all of these things we've talked about they're not even the hard stories we talk about when we talk about the hard things we've done in service now this is true this is like you said it's table stakes a portal that's stakes. understandable that your customer loves to use yep that your customers actually tested yep a communication system between the consumer of a service and the provider of a service that yeah. works that gets the stuff there. Absolutely. A, uh, oh, you know, we totally skipped over scheduling. No, we did. We talked about it, but we didn't go into like how we could solve it. Yeah. But yeah, scheduling interface isn't quite there on service now, I guess. Is it? Actually, it's come a long way over the last few years. There are so many different things you could do. There's like walk-up portals and, mm, yeah. and, and, and things along that nature that the calendaring functionality in ServiceNow right. is a lot better than it has been in the past. I've actually used it for some custom utility outside of its intended function. There's a lot you can do there. And the notification engine in ServiceNow is so robust that when you tack on even just a minimal interface that allows you to put in dates and times and add people to it, all of a sudden you got everything you need to run a a, a business that relies on putting people into slots. I mean, it's just really that simple. 
Yeah, the scheduling thing can be tackled from so many angles, either giving an interface to help the user, like here's the slots that are available, you go pick one. But I'm going to mark something as urgent. That should be a task. That should initiate a conversation between consumer and provider of that service. But it wasn't. It was just, you go schedule it. Oh, but you can't go through the conventional scheduling routine, which is the only thing you have access to on the phone menu. Anyway, (laughs) go right back down the rabbit hole. Right back down the rabbit hole. (laughs) hole. Why the hell do you actually even have to call someone to get on the schedule with your doctor, right? Why doesn't your doctor have Calendarly, right? Just go and and you can see the slots that are available. You click, I want a 30-minute slot two weeks from now, and you click book, and I show up. And I get that some uh, appointments are going to be higher priority. So you reserve a certain portion of the schedule for those higher priority appointments, right? And those folks can call in. Mm-hmm. We're going to reserve three hours a day for high priority folks. And we'll adjust that window on the fly mm-hmm. or whatever. But you can just go in and you can click, click. And those folks who who have something that's more urgent going on, they can call. Why can't we just do that? Like, I just saw this, dude. I literally just saw this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what the hell? Anyway, this stuff really frustrates me, Duke, because, again, it's table stakes. It's the base level of implementation that I feel should be the base level of care and empathy that should go into design when you're interacting with people outside of your organization. And the fact that we're not seeing that done here in something that's life and death is really distressing to me. Yeah, it's distressing to me, too, given the amount of pain I've had to live through in the past three months. But the silver lining here is how far more can ServiceNow grow? You've got a multi-million dollar prestigious health system that's putting this bullshit in front of its consumers. Right. Right. Stuff that ServiceNow can tackle with its eyes closed. Yep. Quick, certify 20 teenagers off the street. Put one architect in front of them. and And let's take care of this. So ServiceNow sales reps, ServiceNow product owners, we're talking about going vertical. Dare to dream, man. Dare to dream. Dare to be the front-end workflow management system that connects users to consumers of hospital medical services and workflow engine for that. Dare to dream that way. That's the silver lining is look at all this opportunity. This is this right there for the taking. If I wasn't so busy, I'd be calling this hospital up and say, how would you like to unscrew this problem? Yeah. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but you probably spend like a year trying to get somebody on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if they say, that's a great idea. Let's flag that as urgent. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get you right over to our special care uh, department. All right, folks, this was a fun one. We are so glad you joined us. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey C.J. Wesley. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.